Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clement's each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Hot Pow, pow, pow. I am Sam Nifty Delaney. So what? I did a little bit of a sing song. That's the first yeah. time I've sang it. I like do it. it more often. Enjoyed it. Felt good. Mm. Felt right. Felt natural. Mm. Uh, I have in my right hand the 11th of February 1984 issue of Roy the Rovers. For this is indeed the Melchester Odyssey. Um, episode number fuck knows we're nearly at 200 now episode number um, fuck knows <laughs> I wish they'd write that at the top of comics issue yeah. number fuck knows <laughs> yeah it, I don't know if it'll say somewhere in the small print what issue number this is because I think sometimes comics did never mind um, uh, Roy's message is interesting because uh, I, I mentioned this last week uh, hi pals with next week's issue, February 18th, is a Panini 84 football album. Wow. Of course, Shoot Magazine had given it away a couple of weeks ago. Now, Roy the Rovers are giving it away as well. Uh, this latest album features facts and figures on English first and second, plus Scottish Premier Division teams, together with all the top stars from the English first and Scottish Premier Divisions. Um, and it gets... Uh, 18 more stickers the following week, which is three packets, I think. Yeah, packet of six. And after that, readers will be able to buy further stickers from many news agents for 10 pence per packet of six. Unfortunately, we regret that the album ad pictures are not available to overseas readers <laughs> or UK-based foreigners. <laughs> <laughs> No, he doesn't really say that, but it's not available to overseas readers, unfortunately. Um, so yeah, that's that. That the week after then is when it's coming, and that would have come in a, um, a plastic bag. That was always nice when you got a free gift that was so yeah. big that the comic got to come in a plastic bag. Oh yeah, to house it all. So that's that. Um, when I bought these issues off the internet off eBay, of course, the football eighty-four album wasn't included. Never mind. So we've got Sign Please. You're going to love this one. It's, um, I mean, I was going to get you to guess who it is, but these names on the fucking front cover, so you can't, can you? It's Charlie Nicholas. They, they, they've, they've switched to this policy because they used to always keep me guessing. Mm. But now they've just, they've done some market research. They've gone, to mm. be honest, people aren't buying it. We keep saying Norwich Star inside and there's just simply not enough, we're not fooling enough Norwich fans. <laughs> 
for some reason the kids don't give a shit who that is. Yeah, so we've just got to go for big... From now on, we go for big names and we splash them. Yeah. I'm talking your Kerry Dixons, your Charlie Nicholases of this world. <laughs> but, boss, we'll never get access to names like that. They're the superstars of the footballing universe. I don't care. From now on, we're thinking big. Shoot for the moon. Charlie Nicholas, Kerry Dixon, Ricky Hill. I don't care. Get their numbers and just, if you don't shoot, you don't score. Brian uh, Steen. <laughs> Steve Grisovich. <laughs> Brian Marwood. From today onwards, the the catchphrase of this comic is "shoot for the moon." Everything needs to be a moonshot. Everything needs it. to be massive. John Lukic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I say these names, and you're all scoffing as if it would never be possible. Wow. Frank Worthington. <laughs> so we've got Charlie Nicholas, but not only have we got Charlie Nicholas, we've got Roy Race as well together. Look at that. Look at that, Sam. Oh, look, Charlie Nicholas. I've got to say, he looks underwhelmed to be stood he next to that cardboard cutout. Oh, Roy Race looks... Uh, this, is, this is a dream come true for you, isn't it, Charlie boy? I heard you'd uh, come down from Scotland and brought a bit of that old Glasgow razzle-dazzle to London. <laughs> I thought I'd come along and see what it's all about. So Charlie Nicholas is wearing not an Arsenal shirt, it's like an Arsenal T-shirt. He's wearing white jeans, no socks... And white loafers. And he's standing on a snowbound Highbury pitch. Oh, lovely. What a, what a scene. What and a Roy scene indeed. Well. Charlie Roy Nicholas about... living it large in London in the 80s. Yeah. With best mates Mo Johnson and Frank McAvenny. Yeah. Well, actually, Roy McAvenny is... wasn't quite there yet. Roy is about an inch taller than Charlie, which I Make imagine sure is a contractual I'm obligation. Fact, yeah. Not only am I taller... <laughs> Stand me a couple of inches in front so it exaggerates how much taller I am than him. Make the cunt look like a pygmy. And uh, also make the bulge in me trousers just that bit bigger than his. You know what I mean? (laughs) Not noticeable, but noticeable. Uh, So we've got Charlie Nicholas there and both their autographs are there. Um, And yeah, the, the picture's covered in snow. It looks fucking freezing. Great though. Iconic. Um, so on the front page, um, it says Roy was under fire because he had dropped rising young star Rob Richards from Rovers squad. Melchester took a first half hammering from Port Dean in the fourth round of the FA Cup. But Roy's halftime talk seemed to transform the team. Some more interesting um, advertising hoardings there. We've got Rawlinson. Um, and... That's all I can read. Intervision, which I guess they probably sell tellies in Intervision. Mm. Mm. Don't know. So what's happening is Vic Guthrie has took the ball out from defence and is going on a run with it. Nothing is better than a centre-back who runs out from defence with the ball and goes on a goes on an adventure. A doesn't slalom. Much anymore, does they it? call it a slalom, slalom run, don't they? That's the that's the word. Oh, yeah. We've seen it a few times. I mean, Harry Maguire does it for England. He's been. We're recording this, listeners, during the 2022 World Cup and um, pre quarterfinals. If, if you're listening to this in the future, England have just qualified to quarterfinal against France, and we don't know what will happen because that's in a few days. But so far, Harry Maguire has been impressing 
with his slalom runs from the back. Um, oh. But yeah, you, you're right. You don't see it as much as you see. But it's more important than ever, mate. The old slalom run. I don't feel highly confident when Harry Maguire does it. No, no. It doesn't feel right. No, it sometimes goes wrong. But it's fun while it lasts. It's sort of calamitous. Oh, talking of running around in a calamitous way. Came out with a great oh, yeah. idea for my funeral yesterday. Um, Good stuff. I know yeah. we've talked about this before. So I don't think I've had this idea before. But correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. But I was telling my my son's really into coding games now. You know, he makes oh, little he makes thing. he makes little games and stuff. And wow. um, yeah, he's he's really into it. Only very simplistic stuff, but he's he's really into it. And it's a start, um, isn't it? he was looking for some music because one of them was a chasing mm-hmm. game, right? Right. And he said, I, "I need some music." So I said, "Who, he goes, who or what is chasing what in it? Do you know?" There's a hero. I can't remember his name. And John he, Hero. And you, you're you're running through jungles and all sorts of different mm. terrains. Um, anyway, I, he said, "What's some good music for to go over the top of this, like being chased?" And I said, "Look up a song called Yakety Sax. It's the best <laughs> chasing music that's ever been made." It was for 35 years the UK's chasing anthem. It was the chase anthem. Official. And so he looked it up and he was like, "Oh bloody hell, I know this song." You're always banging on about this. And, of course, I couldn't help but get up and start pretending to run around. The best bit in it is when you do this. He goes, yeah, and you're running. And then it sort of does a pause. It goes, and at that stage, you just stand on one leg and raise the other leg quite high, slowly, in the little balls. And then it kicks off again. Recommence your run. So my wife was like, yeah, this is really good. It's Obviously, it's a great song. I said, I would like this at my funeral. And she said, what, as you go into the fire? And I said, no, what I'd really like is a bunch of Benny Hill girls in bikinis, um, all being my pool bearers, yeah? Mm Mm-hmm. And I like to imagine them running at full speed through the streets on the way. With the coffin. With the coffin on their shoulders mm. on the way. Imagine them sped up. I said, and I want them to be chased by a policeman. And right, the policeman yeah. is waving his truncheon in one hand. Yeah. And um, and with his other hand, he's holding onto his helmet, which keeps like like almost falling off. Mm. And he's chasing them, saying, stop, stop there. And they're just running away with my with my coffin. It's and I said, I course. then want the vicar to to come out of the church and start chasing them around in a circle. And in the end, yeah. they run to the church. They trip as they go through the door. The coffin mm. flies through the air, but lands mm. perfectly in the thing that takes you down into the um, furnace, hell. right, into hell. And the lid falls off, and I'm sat there. In my suit or my West Ham shirt, with my arms crossed the, across my chest, and then if you imagine it's a TV show, I ever so briefly open my eyes and do a cheeky wink, and then just disappear into the flames. Uh, off you go. Yeah, that's very good. That is your, a great funeral scenario, don't you think? Did your good wife reach for a notepad and write all that? She, down? I must say, she reacted really well. I thought that she wouldn't react well to the idea of the Benny Hill girls, but I think mm. she could see the fun in it. Yeah, I think she's confident knowing that because you'll be dead. Yeah. You'll have no knowledge of what's going on. She's and like, she has there's no, there's no way he can happen. be pinching their bums when he's dead. Yeah, but also you'll, you, she won't do it because obviously you'll be dead and you won't know. It'll just oh, be yeah. a standard It'll funeral. just be a really tedious yeah, funeral. Yeah, I'm the courtier, I don't know. 
She'll just put me in a fucking. She'll put me in a fucking bin bag and chuck me in the fucking Thames, mate. Yeah, cheapest coffin available. There you go. Get in there. Yeah, I don't know why the the, the coffin expense seems strange. Yeah, no. Well, it's exploitative people's grief, isn't it? It I mean, I nearly got done over in the Nelson scenario, but I luckily I. I, I wised up right at the last minute because they go, well, you can have this option. And you're like, yeah. And they go, or, and they all, they don't say it, but with their eyes, they're saying, but if you really loved your pet, you might want mm. to splash out on this fucking mahogany cat-shaped <laughs> fucking <laughs> ashes box made of solid fucking wood. And I'm like, I was about to say, oh yeah, because I thought, oh yeah, the kids all like that. And then I just went, do you know what? Give it me in the fucking cardboard box, the first yeah. one you said, because I'm only going to sprinkle him on a plant out the back anyway. I'll tell you what, don't even bother. I'll bring an empty Pringles tube <laughs> because to, that feels like the best shape for scattering. Yeah, to be what, quite what they gave it, what they gave it to me in was was basically the shape of a Pringles. In fact, I wouldn't was be surprised it? now you say it that they fucking just recovered it. In like Blue Peter style, in some old wallpaper and some sticky back plastic. There you go. Jobs are good and stick the cat ashes in that. I mean, of course, the other thing is, how do we know they were Nelson's ashes for sure? Well, this is the thing exactly. You just never know, do you? You never don't know. know. You just got to take it at face value. You got to trust these people. It's like when when Bella, my dog, my childhood dog, was died, and then they said, "Well, we're sent to get cremated." like my mum wouldn't have had the money to get any sort of like ashes back or anything. So the cheapest mm. option was what we do is we'll cremate very sensitively and then her ashes will be scattered at some beautiful gardens in Cambridgeshire. And you and, and they're scattered amongst, there's a lot of pets go there and they're very beautiful and well-maintained. They're pet memorial gardens and you are free to visit anytime you like. To, uh, oh, and will she have a specific plaque or an area that we're... Uh, no, no, not as such, no. It's more like you will go there and you'll know that she's there. Somehow you will feel her presence and you will reflect on your happy memories of Bella the dog. And like my mum's like, oh, yeah, all right, we'll take that option because it's the cheapest. It's like, as we left, we're like, no, but seriously, we will go. We will go to those gardens, those memorial gardens in Cambridgeshire. Perhaps we'll go there once a year. On the anniversary of her death. We have never fucking been. (laughs) Of course course we've never fucking been. I mean, Bella (laughs) lives in my heart. That's what's important. Mm. Do you know what I mean? My mind. That's the main thing. And in my heart. And that's it. And I'm. But the thing is, the truth is, mate, do you really think that Bella's ashes were scattered on that garden in Cambridgeshire? I don't know. Who knows? But how could we check? How could we check? Do you know what I mean? I mean, when my my childhood teenage dog, Sam, Sam the Labrador, Mm. the proper dog, unlike Oscar, uh, when he passed away, we had him... Proper dog's um, dog. Euthanised. He had a snout, basically. Yeah, it's a proper dog. Um, We had him euthanised. And basically, the vet just said, like, do you want us to just sort it out from here? I went, yeah, yeah, whatever. No problem. (laughs) How much is that? 50 quid? All right, fine. There you go. Yeah, we'll take the 50 quid package, please. I don't know what happened to his remains. Uh, there was certainly no ashes scattered mm. anywhere that I could visit. I wasn't given the ashes. So there you go. It's yeah. just like, yeah, thanks very much. Transactional. 
But um, when something's dead, it's, it, when something's dead, it's dead. I mean, you know, you can't go back. It's dead. You can't go back. They will live on, but it's not mm. important what you do physically with mm. the dead thing, person, animal. No. It's what how it lives on in your heart, in your heart, and yes. your mind. And, and if it was brain. a lover, also in your loins. Yes. If, it, if you so, have yes. a lover a that lover has died. That can trigger you from beyond the grave now and again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Possibly in dreams. Have you ever had a sexual partner who's now dead? Interesting. I mean, loads no, of people have, of course. Not that I know of, anyway. Un- unfortunately, lots of people will have lost all. a spouse. I haven't tracked them I, all I, since. I'm, I'm not aware of any dead partner. No, I don't um, think so. I don't yeah. think so. Still, we're getting to that time of life where exactly, happen. exactly, people that you know start dying, don't they? But we'll we'll do a future episode on that. We'll do a deep dive. Yeah. We'll do a death deep dive in the new year. Yeah, yeah. maybe we'll do a spin-off series. Mm. I don't know. Death deep Let's dive. This. Like, well, that there's a podcast called the Griefcast that apparently is very popular. It's always winning the awards oh, yeah, and yeah. whatnot. Yeah, we should do our own version for the common man because that's probably one of those posh ones. So we could do a common well, man version just called yeah. Death Deep Dives. With Andy and Sam. We should change the name of this podcast to The Common Men. The Common Men. <laughs> <laughs> That's what yeah. we are. But let's get on with this Roy the Rovers thing. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, Vic Guthrie's going on a slalom run. Vic Guthrie is still going. No one could stop him. Take him out, poor Dean. Roar the crowd as he, he's danced through four of them already. Uh, Vic is challenged, but he backheels it just in time. <laughs> and it says, he's backheeled it! How can he do that? He's a centre back. You know, backheel. Who's that coming up behind him? Who do you think it is coming up behind him? <laughs> like, Take a fucking it's... guess. <laughs> Here I am. <laughs> Roy Race! And Roy, this is great, he chips it over the top of the player that was going to take the ball off Vic Guthrie. Uh, and he shows hit it, Vic. Um, <laughs> T-shirt idea. Not quite as good as hit it, hit it Martin. Martin. Yeah. And we got onto the inside page, and he does fucking first time volley as it drops over his shoulder. Not something you'd expect from um, Vic, is it? Not so really you'd only expect player. from Roy himself. And straight in the back of the net, goal! Porting two. Melchester Rovers too. We were promised four goals in this episode last time, so we'll see if that happens. Uh, so uh, there they go. They're all celebrating together. It's it's not a, a Brazil-style dancing celebration from uh, the recent game. Uh, they're just all gathering around each other, an arm around the shoulder, a pat on the back, a well done. Um, super goal from the Super Brat. Nice one, Vic. It'll be after Racy's place next. Let's keep it going, lads. <laughs> Jalapeño. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. 
From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Jalapeño. No Baxter shouts over, Good goal, Vic! And Roy and uh, Vic Guthrie are together. The, the hair of both of them is completely drenched. Even though the rain has stopped, they're still soaking wet. Very, very powerful. Very erotic. Uh, and Roy thinks to himself, at last they're starting to play like a team again with all the old flair and confidence. And no one seems to be thinking about Rob Richards, which is the main thing. Look at the next uh, Look at the next frame. Jesus Christ. He stood Roy sort of like, like a cowboy about to get his gun. Or a zombie. Mm. <laughs> As the game restarted, Roy, we just see Roy standing there, nothing behind him, just a blank background. And he's he's fucking poised because someone shouts, "Now let's have a goal from you, Racy!" Uh, and Roy thinks a very important message, which only gets conveyed to us, the reader. And he thinks no single player should be able to dominate this team. Not me. Not Rob Richards. Not anyone. But. Maybe me. <laughs> if it's going to be anyone, you know, it'll be me. It possibly obviously. me, I must say. Actually, I'll just remove me from that last phrase. Uh, one single player should be able to dominate this team, and that's me. That's more like it. Uh, Port Dean hit back furiously, it says. Uh, Duncan Mackay absolutely body checks a Port Dean player who goes, uh, Ow! Uh, Duncan Mackay stopped him like a brick wall. <laughs> Strong as an ox, old Dunk. <laughs> <laughs> These fuckers. Old Dunk. Uh, and Duncan Mackay plays the ball forward uh, straight away to uh, Neville Jones. And Neville Jones has got the speed and balance. Look at him flying over the greasy surface. <laughs> Again, you know. Phrases that you will never, ever hear in a football crowd, but, my God, we'd be lost without them. Uh, and, indeed, Neville Jones does fly over the greasy surface. Glenn Ritchie had cut inside. Uh, Neville chips across to him. Good chip from Neville, but Ritchie's covered. Sort him out, Portine! <laughs> but they don't, because Portine, of course, are a lowly team of... Um, you know, sloggers and grafters and they've got no uh, match for the glory of Melchester uh, it was it Glen Ritchie yeah, he heads it back into Roy's path of course uh, back header <laughs> back header <Yeah>. back header <laughs> unexpected back header uh, there's people like train spotters they have like a little notebook with them mm. with different manoeuvres that they tick off All once the they've seen it Tick Back header, tick, throw in, tick, slide tackle, spot I kick though, flag kick, tick. Flag kick, of course, yeah. We must have talked about this before, the I Spy books that we had as kids, they must still be around, Yeah, I'm sure. When parents had um, so much less to distract their kids with, here you go, 
is a fucking fuck with like, a list of things. Look out for them and then tick them off. That'll keep you fucking quiet. <laughs> Jesus Christ. We're having a long car journey. The funny oh. thing is, is that parents used to always like have the hump that they had nothing to keep the kids busy didn't they? Mm. They were like, fuck, you know, I've got nothing to keep. It's the summer holidays. How are we going to keep the kids busy? There's nothing to keep the kids busy. I was talking about how my dad was telling me that when he was a kid, like each generation think that their kids are really lazy. And each, I, I can't yeah. believe that I find myself telling my kids, oh, when I was your age, I was out all the time. Because actually, yeah. when I was a kid, I didn't consider myself out all the time. But now mm. I compare myself to how they are. And I think, fucking hell. I mean, I was out every day after school. I would be out doing something on or other. On manoeuvres on your bike. I'd usually be digging. And then as I got oh, older, yeah. I'd be more like around on my bike, shouting at people and things, right? Mm. But like, obviously they don't do that. But like my dad told me that when he was a kid, he lived in Stanmore in North London. And he, uh, his mum, in the holidays, his mum would literally throw him out of the house in the morning for the day. Yeah. And he said it's yeah. very common because she's a housewife and she wanted to get the cooking done. I mean, she had yeah, fucking cleaning. eight kids, you yeah. know. Didn't so want she, under, under her feet. She yeah. was like, yeah, she didn't want them under her feet. So she would say, right, here's your breakfast now. Get out and don't come back till tea time. And so he said he'd go out and he'd think, well, what the fuck am I supposed to do now? He'd had the whole hmm. day to kill. So he, I said, well, what did you do? And he said, well, I got on my bike and I went up the woods and hmm. I examined nature quite a lot oh he interfered with himself <laughs> I don't know what he meant no I think he <laughs> I think like that's what he meant he got creatures in jars and wrote <laughs> and drew pictures of them and all that sort of oh, stuff oh yeah yeah because in those like, days you uh, got to remember this is this would have been like he was born in 1940 we're talking about like you know nine just after the war that he would have been doing yeah. this all his like you know boying about as they would have mm. called it just doing a bit of boying about in our up the woods and they didn't That's have fuck all to do. Out. So it yeah. was like normally go, well, I'll go, I'll capture a beetle in a jar, draw a picture of it, write down its yeah. dimensions, then maybe let it free. Don't know. Then I'll look at a tree, draw that and all and write down something about it. Yeah. Right? Then I'll interfere myself. And I'll have a wank behind a bush, probably. <laughs> there weren't even wank mags lying around in those no, days, mate. No. You didn't get wank mags in the 40s. Right, no. certainly not in bushes. That didn't Definitely happen until the seventies. So that's what he did. And um, anyway, what I'm saying is, parents add things like I spy, but anything to try and get the kids from stopping annoying and bothering you when you were trying mm. to get on with your admin, right? <laughs> and uh, now they've got playstations, iPhones, and iPads, yeah, and whatnot, they and they are and totally that. absorbed. And if you wanted, if you really wanted, they wouldn't bother you at all all day. You could just sit in front of me. But instead, mm. we now spend all of our time and energy trying to stop them doing the distracting things. Trying to get outside, yeah. Weird, right? And they don't, they refuse to go outside. You're like, so 20 years or 30, 40 years ago, people are like, fucking hell, I can't distract my kids. It's a real problem. Now we're like, fucking hell, my kids are constantly distracted. It's a real problem. <laughs> yeah. Well, give them the iSpy book, send them out. Yeah, there is it a nice feels to me that there was a point in history where we got a balance between the two, and that point was what I call the I Spy Book era. Yeah, where it wasn't well, toxic it- and too absorbing, but it was just distracting enough to stop them yeah. doing your nutting. Yeah, well, I Spy. Uh, 
on a car journey, right? Is yeah. one of the books, which is mm. good, which you would have welcomed when you were a kid. Lamp Here's what post. Look out for. Uh, how much? What? I just shouted lamppost. I'm just pretending to play it. Well, this is what they've got you looking for on a car journey, right? Yeah. Poppy field. <laughs> Ripseed field. Lavender field. What? Where's this supposed to be? In exactly. fucking Provence, France. Horses. Sheep. Horses. Horses pigs. and sheep. Yeah. Pigs. Highland none. cattle. <laughs> and then there's an outdoor fun category. Listen to this. You've got to spot this when you're on a car journey. Right. Morris dancing. Oh, fuck off. Cricket. It's proper Tory, this, isn't it? Yeah. Tory, I spy. Lawn balls. Lawn balls. Are you serious? Unicycle. Oh, my God. And a tandem. <laughs> what? Who the fuck? What lunatic wrote this? And what kind of life were they living? How are they still... This is recent. This came out in 2020. This isn't the old-fashioned fucking version. This, this is, is now. This is absurd. This is what they want you to find now. Vintage aeroplane. An airship what? or blimp. What? Uh, a hot air balloon. I've never seen any of these things. I'm 47 years old. Yeah, exactly. What a lot of shite. I've been, so. I've driven all over, all around the country. I went up, drove up to Glasgow recently and back and I didn't, didn't see, see any of that. I didn't see a fucking single pig, let alone a fucking unicycle <sighs> or a blimp. Or you a know, fucking yeah. poppy field. There aren't any poppy fields in Britain. Fucking, you give that to your kid, they flick through it and go, fuck off. They go, the I'll tell you what you can do with this, you Dad. blame them. Yeah, thanks for that fucking book you gave me in my stocking. Jesus. Now, why don't I roll it up really small so you can insert it up your fucking anal passage, you silly old cunt. Poppy Fields, what do you fucking think I am? I'm going to get one for me son as a piss tick for Christmas. Yeah. There you go. Read yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> go spot all out of you, fucker. Anyway, look, let's get on with this, please. Um, yeah, so Roy scores 3 2 at Melchester. Melchester chant began to roar around the ground. Here we go, here we go. I accept it'll be. Here we go, here we go, here we go. <laughs> clap, clap. Yeah. <laughs> One, two, three, four. We are going to score some more. Uh, they, they certainly are going well, says a poor Dean fan with a glum expression. But from the expressions on the faces of that lot, you wouldn't think so. As he looks across at Trevor Brinsden and his gang, they were completely fucked off now. Uh, it says Trevor Brinsden's followers have become a little confused. Mm. <laughs> they are. They, uh, they they wanted Port Dean to win. Now they don't. I don't know what's going on. Hey, Trev, the Rovers are doing all right, even without Rob Richards. Mohawk, back up, says, uh, do you reckon old race could be right? Brinsden says, nah. Rob should be back in the side, and I'll keep on saying so, even if the Rovers score six against Paul Dean. A few moments Fucking later. Lunatic. They're having a good old go, Trev. What a shot from Glenn Ritchie. Great goal. Fluke. The ball's running for them, I tell you. So it's <laughs> fucking, was it 5 2 now? 4 2 now. And the, the Brinsden's gang are just impassively observing yeah. uh, Rovers rampaging against Port Dean. On to the fourth page. Uh, then came the goal of the match, it says. Uh, Melchester fans who aren't Brinsden. Wahoo! Here they come again! Blackie Grey tied that interception perfectly. He's the master of midfield. Yeah. Uh, uh, Roy's out on the wide right. 
Blackie, Blackie, watch race, Dean, says one of the Port Dean players. Uh, and one of his teammates says, no, you idiots, it's probably a dummy run. <laughs> oh, idiots, is it? They're falling apart. <laughs> you fucking clowns. <laughs> you know anything about football? We can't. Ignore the cunt. <laughs> He's, He's right trying to trick was. you. <laughs> he was, because uh, Blatty gives, gives it to Neville Jones out on the left. Uh, where'd he come from? Says the poor day player. Uh, Neville Jones crosses it into the centre, shouts Jimmy Slade! And Jimmy Slade, <laughs> uh, the true hero, I think, of Manchester, yeah. undersung hero, unsung hero, diving header, back of the net, and the referee's whistle shrilled through the uproar. Mohawk says, It's all over. Rovers are in the fifth round. Oh, at least they didn't score six, Trev. Oh, shut up. Oh, shut it. Shut up, you cunt. <laughs> shut up, you. Oh, you good. bugger. It's got a Grinch Hill vibe about that, hasn't yeah, it? Oh, yeah, oh, shut up. Oh, at least they did score six, Trev. Oh, shut up. Shut up. <laughs> uh-huh. So, yeah, uh, I correctly predicted it would be 5-2 to Melchester when it said there was going to be four more goals. Who could have seen that coming? Uh, and they're walking off the pitch Roy says to them hold it lads I reckon you've all earned the right to take a little bow oh my god really <laughs> oh thanks Roy you're going to let <laughs> us take a little bow Roy says we're allowed to bow <laughs> I shall not bow I shall not be joining you though for I bow to no man <laughs> also I am the manager <laughs> <laughs> I will take my separate bow later on and why aren't you bowing Roy because I am the one that you are all bowing to. I have created you. <laughs> I will stand in front of you. You shall all line up and bow. And then we will go off to our changing rooms. Well, I will go to my executive uh, changing rooms. Change. Did you know, mate, that in... Uh, I don't know if this is the same in all football stadiums. It's definitely the same at London Stadium. There's a captain's room. And it was is just... That? Yeah, I mean, presumably now it's just for Declan Rice. But when I... Me and Len went on a tour a few years ago. And... Um, yeah, it was just for Declan. It was just for Mark Noble on match day. And it was a special room. And on the toy said, that's the captain's room. You can't go in there. And I was like, oh, excuse me, excuse me. I was Mr. Hand Up. I was Johnny Hand Up. Johnny fucking questions. Excuse me, what is that room? It's the captain's room. That's what it says. But what <laughs> happens in it? Captain no stuff. No Captain business. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is the captain in there now? Yes, I believe he is. <laughs> you know that comes, because the flag on the roof is up at full mast. <laughs> it comes Monday to Friday, night to five. No, it, he said something like, "It's because it was a match day that we were doing it, right? right. It, it was a friendly game and we managed to get a look around before. Uh, excuse me, I got overwhelmed That's there by a large schedule. Yawn. We're doing pre, pre-Christmas yeah. power podding. I'm, I'm pod exhausted. I'm pod exhausted. And he said... Um, yeah, you know, it's for, like, entertaining before and after the mm. game with friends and, uh, you know, whoever he wants, family. And I'm like, yeah. fucking yeah, hell, what's yeah. that? Like, it, what it reminded me of of Harry Grout in Porridge is yeah, that yeah. Mark Noble oh, had his own special well-appointed room with a little canary in a cage. <laughs> oh, hello, please do come in, sit down. Yeah. Can I interest Cushions you... Cushions and everything. Can yeah. I I- interest you in a uh, Grand Marnier? A cup of Darjeeling, maybe? <laughs> yeah. Oh, go on, help yourself to a Kit Kat. I've got plenty. 
No, just two <laughs> finger ones, not four fingers. <laughs> I just I've got four finger ones. They're just for me. Uh, They're just be- for the captain. I can't believe that he'd. I just want to know whether that's a thing at all Premier League clubs, or whether Mark Noble, because Mark Noble it. sort of occupied a certain, a kind of a, an almost like godlike status at West it Ham. It sounds like it might be a tradition that began with maybe Bobby Moore back at Upton Park and then carried on with Billy Bond. Yes, Bobby Moore's yeah. room. Yeah, it's exactly. There's the been a lot is. of sort of um, big name Cockneys who have captained West Ham. It feels very East End London, <laughs> yeah. doesn't it? It's the captain's room. Don't you go in there unless you are specifically invited. <laughs> yeah, Roy will have not a captain's room, he'll have a two bus for away games like Port Dean. Yeah. They'll all be getting changed. He'll be on the tour bus. It's just his. Winnie Bago. Yeah. So anyway, they take their bow. Um, I, I reckon you've all earned the right to take a little bow. Uh, Duncan Mackay says, hey, come on. Duncan Mackay's very pro-bow. Hey. Oh, any excuse for bowing? I love, I love a good it. bow, eh? You I know me. A, I might be a hard man, but underneath I'm a showman. At weekends, sometimes I go to a bowing club with my wife. We've been doing yeah. it for a few years now. We're getting quite good. Well, very, very... We've made a whole host of new friends on oh, the wait. bowing scene. The bowing scene is thriving in suburban Melchester. <laughs> <laughs> we just the, moved um, on to level blue in the bowing club, which is only one off the top level. <laughs> Platinum bowing. <laughs> He says, hey, come on. We've given the world of football a warning today. Uh, <laughs> Do not they fuck have. with us. <laughs> that <laughs> is the warning. They, they fucking won 5-2 at Port Dean. Yeah. That's not giving the world of football a warning in any shape or form. But they're taking their bow. They're waving at the fans. Some of the fans are throwing their hats and scarves and that into the air. We just see them silhouetted. But we see the Melchester team taking their bow and waving. And Mackay finishes this sentence Melchester Rovers are back in business <laughs> and that's where this one ends um, next week dot 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 um, inverted commas and they've all come to see Rob Richards oh fucking no, hell no more Richards just chat fucking got time. rid of that nonsense Mark's at a 10 for that one 10 10 yeah. alright um I'll give it a nine because it was all on-field action. I would have preferred a bit of off. Oh yeah, I like stuff. a bit of. It gets a ten for me because of Roy's wet hair. Yeah, that's lends it a real course, drama course. and sexual yeah. sexuality. I'll, I'll, I'll upgrade it a nine and a half then. All right, we'll be back with more next week. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. 
underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.